careful now. Boing. So cool to be playing vinyl. Vinyl. Took the record off the turntable. You ready for this? Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Here's your host, Stu Jeffries. Welcome to Behind the Vinyl, a podcast chock full of artists playing vinyl copies of their biggest hits and telling us the stories behind the songs. I'm Stu Jeffries, and in this episode, a highly entertaining and energetic storyteller, Daryl McDaniels, also known as DMC, of Run DMC. Oh, hell no! We ain't making this! This is country bumpkin music! This is hillbilly gibberish! Y'all trying to ruin our careers, Grandmaster Flash and the first five in Africa Bambada ain't gonna like this. First, Rich Dodson of the Stampeders with some insight on the plucky sound of Sweet City Woman. Yeah. Well, I came up with this lick. I love this lick, and I had to find a home for this lick. And us being uh, a Calgary rock Calgary country rock band moving down to Toronto, the big city. Uh, that's where a lot of this lyric came from. We were always wearing my cowboy hats, lots of country music in Calgary, and we were doing this sort of country rock feel thing, and that's sort of like where a lot of that came from, uh, the, uh, the feel. Um, so it's really a Calgary band coming to Toronto, the big city. That's, that's sort of that, that's the, the crux of the lyric, really. And uh, we had earlier on played uh, Expo 67 in Montreal. And I'm going to say that that's the bon si bon, because I love Montreal and the culture and the whole, the outside cafe thing and the whole scene. And uh, I just, uh, the, that's where that bon si bon thing came up from my standpoint. And uh, yes, on the way to the studio, I thought this lick could be really cool if it was played on banjo because it really, I think it needs that little extra bit of color. So I stopped by Long and McQuaid and uh, talked to my buddy Bob Abbott and I said, Bob, session this morning, I need the best banjo you've got in here. Could you just rent me one or loan me one? No problem, pick one out. So I just picked up, I guess, a, a Gibson uh, top of the line banjo. He put it in the case for me, and I ran out the door, headed off to Toronto Sound. And uh, we had played this song so much. I mean, we just, we could play it flawlessly without, without issues. So I tuned that banjo up to a guitar tuning, and we mic'd it all up, and I think maybe one or two takes, and that was it, finished. And I can't believe I played that thing on the banjo, because I can't to this day still bang that lick off. The, the way we did it but uh yeah it was a borrowed banjo and after the session was over i took it back to long McQuaid, gave it back to bob abbott and he tells me rich i sold that banjo a thousand times over that's the one <laughs> yeah, so he's it's a big it's a big thing for him but uh yeah i just borrowed that banjo on the way not not that i can't sort of play five string banjo i can i can noodle a bit with the funny tuning but the tuning had to be a guitar-type tuning to play that lick, because we were playing the lick all the time on guitar, so... And I still play on guitar, you know, that lick on guitar. But, uh... And yeah, coming back from a, a gig in Kingston, after Sweet City Woman had been released, about two in the morning in our old station wagon, uh, American radio would drift in, and we were getting WABC. Uh, on the way back from Kingston to Toronto 
and just out of nowhere, WABC New York number one, Sweet City Woman. WABC in New York freaked us out. We pulled over, jumped around, jumped around the car like dummies, yelling and screaming. So excited to hear this track, number one in New York. So that I remember all the time. There's Rich Dodson from the Stampeders with Sweet City Woman. I'm Stu Jeffries, and this is Behind the Vinyl, the podcast. Honeymoon Suite are a Canadian rock music staple, no question. Not only does the band still have all their original members, the boys continue to kill it every time they hit the stage and sound just like they did when they started. Guitarist, songwriter, band leader Derry Gran is joined by lead singer Johnny D, and they explain the dangers of shooting music videos at Niagara Falls with helicopters. There it is. That's the old uh, 80s synthesizer, the Oberheim that Ray played. The old, the old analog sound, so great. You know, the intro to that song? And, uh, yeah, Burning in Love. Wrote this, uh, wrote this on Curzon Avenue at, at this house that we all, we all used to, in the early days, we all used to live together in one house over on Curzon Avenue. Man, those were the days when we were getting the band together and, and all that. I remember writing this in the basement. I remember staying at your place on the couch. Yeah. You know what? Um, when I hear that, I think of the helicopter from the video. Remember the helicopter? Niagara Falls, yeah. Niagara Falls. Crazy. The helicopter right around this point right now, it's hovering and taking footage of the, you know, I'm from Niagara Falls, Honeymoon Suite. That's where the whole name came from and all that sort of stuff. But I see that helicopter right now, and then I remember on all videos how these guys get to shoot for the first day, and I'm there for two days afterwards. And Clifton Hill is a big hill, of course, Clifton Mm -hmm. Hill. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the night... Still running up that hill to mm-hmm. get to get that shot. That brings a lot of memories. Yeah, the video was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was we, well. rent, we rented the helicopter. Just he's talking about the helicopter, and they they tied a camera. Yeah, to the yeah, right, right. They flew it right up the Niagara River, right, right to the edge, and then over the edge. And it was like, wow, that's a cool thing to do. And the other thing is when they sat you on the railing right by the sat falls, me. sat him on the railing. What? And, and when the girl pushes him, he goes back. But what you couldn't see is they had him so strapped in there. With yeah, it's still... It's our manager standing there going, that's my meal ticket there, man. We can't, <laughs> we can't have Johnny going over to the falls just yet. That was, if you think about it, that's pretty, that's some pretty scary stuff. I mean, okay, so what a strap, but what if it would have came loose, you know? It's whatever, it's crazy. Anyways, um, another song, this again was done at phase one, and just banged it out, and... Uh, what what I remembered from the guitar playing aspect is we didn't when we went into phase one we just had our our crappy bar gear and our old guitars because we hadn't got really any money yet to buy stuff so we recorded with what we had or we rented it but I remember the the owner of phase one his name was Paul Gross I had my old 68 SG at the time which I loved since been stolen but Paul had this beautiful SG, uh, red SG custom. You remember the SG? And we got in there. So it got stolen? No, did it not get stolen? I don't know. Not his. Mine did. Yeah, yeah, right. Anyways, Paul, he saw mine, which was kind of beat up, and and he said, you know, I've got this old SG. It's mine. It's in my office if you want to use it. And I'm going, really? So I opened it up, and it's like, oh, it's like all shiny, and it was an older one. And so long story short, anyways, I, I use that that uh, guitar almost this this whole album that old SG and that's when I hear that it's such a great tone so oh. that's a guitar player thing 
I did, you know, to, like, uh, the only thing I could really add is I can still hear nervousness in the vocal, which I told you in New Girl Now. But the other thing, in New Girl Now, uh, where did it come from? One of the Honeymoon Suite's signature, I guess, and we did, I didn't even know what was happening. In New Girl Now, 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 that echo thing, you know, what's happening. Now, Now, Now. And now I'm hearing in, in, in the second song, Burning in Love. Still, 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 still. I go, I had to think, well, what's going on? But anyways, after all these years, it's like people are... You know, expecting it. Our sound guys are expecting to part do of it. It's part of the hook. Yeah, it's in well, there. but you think about it. I mean, now I got a new girl. Now, 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 I got a. Now I'm still, still, still. You know, okay, well, we where are we going? There's way, way, way babies now. What you know? Yeah, well, we should mention too. The other thing I just thought of after we had such great tracks, but remember when we took this to England to yes, mix. Yes, yes. Uh, we we did a we went to a little studio outside of London called the the farmyard. And and uh, I forget the en- the engineer's name, but we 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 heard about this place. Taylor, t- Stephen Taylor, right? Ta- Taylor something. S- Taylor something. Yeah, took right. Took the tracks over there and brought it back, and we got this, and we gave him rough rough like bed mm-hmm. tracks. And what came out of that studio, we were just like Farm wow. Yard. And we did the same thing with the big prize. So it was that was a, a smart move. Yeah. The mix is so important. We got really lucky there. There's Derry and Johnny of Honeymoon Suite with Burning in Love. I'm Stu Jeffries. This is Behind the Vinyl. You're going to love this one. It's one of my favorites. Daryl McDaniels is DMC of Run DMC. And to say he's a great storyteller, total understatement, as you'll find out shortly. Daryl absolutely crams this Behind the Vinyl episode with so much entertainment and information, you may need to listen to it a few times. Here we go. Buckle up. Walk This Way was crazy because it was probably like the eighth record on the album that we started to record... And originally, me and Ron was just going to sample it and rhyme over it because it was one of our favorite breakbeats to rap over. Uh, We didn't do Walk This Way to be rock stars. We didn't do Walk This Way to change music. Everything that Walk This Way did, it wasn't the intent. It was one of the dopest breakbeats ever. Matter of fact, it was on a hip-hop breakbeat compilation. And we was in the studio, and we was going to sample it, and we was going to loop it, and me and Ron was going to talk about how good we are. I'm DMC in the place to be, the best MC in history. Been rhyming on the mic since 83. There will never be an MC better than me. And then Ron would go, I'm DJ Ron and I'm number one, whatever, whatever, whatever. So he's in the studio, getting ready to sample it and steal their record. Rick Rubin, producer extraordinaire who was working with us at the time on the Raising Hell album, he walks into the studio and he goes, hey guys, what's up? We say, yo, we're getting ready to make this record. And Rick goes, oh, you know what? That's Aerosmith. You know who those guys are? And we was like, what are you talking about? He wanted to give us the 411 on Aerosmith. Me and Ron didn't even know that the name of the record was Walk This Way because we used to just tell the DJs like Jam Master J, yo, get out Toys in the Attic. We knew that was the name of the album and play number four. And it's crazy that number four is number four in our album. Make a long story short, Rick was like, yo, y'all should do the record over. Now, me and Run, we was thinking from a limited hip-hop perspective. We're going to sample it, and we're going to rhyme and talk about how good we are. But then Rick goes, no, you should do the record over the way um, they, they, the band originally did that. Jam Master Jay, rest in peace. Jay goes, yo, that'd be a sick idea. Me and Run was like, hold up, hold up, wait, wait, wait. Y'all taking this rock rap stuff too far because people forget, Walk This, it's a tongue twister. Walk This Way wasn't the first rock rap record. The first rock rap record was Rockbox 
which was the first rap video on MTV. That was a rock song with me and Run Ramen. Then me and Run had the balls to do King of Rock, talking about we're the kings of rock, which was on a second album with Larry Bud Melman from the David Letterman show telling us, you guys can't come in here. This is a rock and roll museum. So me and Run wanted to carry on that tradition, make a rock song and talk about how good we are. Rick took the record off the he took the record off the turntable and said, take Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic to the basement, take out a pen and paper, and sit there and write the words down so we can learn the words. Because me and Run had never heard the singing. Why? Jam Master J, Grandmaster Flash, Theodore would never let the record play that far because as soon as the guitars went da na 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 back to the front. So me and Run had never heard the singing on the record. So we go to my basement. True story. We put the needle on number four on Aerosmith. We take out a pen and pad and we sit there and we was going to let the record play. It said, me and Run sitting there in anticipation. We didn't know what was coming. Then you hear Steven backstroke lover with the hide underneath the cover. Me and Run get on the floor. Oh, hell no. We ain't making this. This is country bumpkin music. This is hillbilly gibberish. Y'all trying to ruin our careers. Grandmaster Flash and the first five in Africa Bambada ain't going to like this. We are not doing these lyrics because it just sounded. Because y'all understand, it was the first time us hearing the singing on Walk This Way that we didn't even know the record was called Walk This Way. So we on the phone, oh, hell no, we ain't doing it. Russell screaming, Joey, you Emma effa, Emma effa, Emma effa, Emma effa this and A word dad and B word this and Emma effa this. Put D on the phone. D, y'all Emma effing ass following this. And he screamed, I hung up the phone. So me and Russ sat in my basement true story for six hours the phone was ringing we knew it was russell and jay you know if this is run i'm going you pick it up he's telling me no you pick it up you pick it up for six hours pick it up so we ducked them for a whole week a whole week goes by jay calls oh that's jay yo jay what's up true story you still hear russell in the background screaming am i after this and jay goes russell stop screaming at him you know these stupid little kids if you keep screaming at them, they're never gonna come to the studio so jay he's using psychology he said yo listen to this holds the phone up me and run go yo jay what's up where you at jay goes yo we at the studio rick done went to boston and brought steven tyler and joe perry here to the studio and steven them is in, in here busting your ass so me and joe we kids ah! yeah jay this is gonna ruin our career calm down go no jay because this and we crying and stuff like that and jane russell's still screaming jay says this yo yo here's what you do just come to the studio come to the studio and lay the vocals down that's all you got to do. Steve is going to recreate his. Um, Joe Perry's going to play. So make a long story short, we get to the studio. We walk in the studio. First thing we do, we walk in the studio. And it's like reality. Oh, shoot. And this is funny. It's, I love Steven Tyler. We walk in there. Me and Joe don't know no better. We go, oh, shoot. The Rolling Stones is in here. Steven goes, no, no. We're not the Rolling Stones. That's the other group. So that kind of broke the ice or whatever, whatever. So originally... When we walked in there, today was like, did you write the lyrics down? We wrote the lyrics down to a, the best of our ability. If you listen to their version and you listen to our version, I think there's two different words that we messed up here and there. 
He says, um, hey, Diddy Diddy with a kitty in the middle, talking about the, the, the puss. And we go, hey, diddle diddle with a titty in the middle. And then there's another word that we missed by, um, you know, because we didn't know because we was listening to it. There wasn't nothing. There was no technology. It was no computers and iPhones for us to have play the record and have it dictate by the computer. So we go in there and originally me and Run did the record like this because we did not want to do the record. Jay was like, go in there and put the lyrics down. So Joe went in by himself first. Put the music on. Backstreet lover, high enough to cover, talk to my daddy, say, ain't seen nothing in down. He did his part. He I went in there. Put the damn music on. Seesaw swing with it. We like little stubborn kids. Seesaw swing with the boys in school. So we come out the booth and Jay's waiting to look this. And we like, what? What? So he's like, yo, y'all get in there and put the lyrics down, man. And then we crown again. Yeah, Jay, but this is our record. It's this hillbilly jersey. He's like, calm down. He said, yo, don't do the record the way Steven sung it. Huh, what you talking about? Do the record the way Run DMC would do it. What? Switch off, ad-libs, come over each other. Do that Run DMC delivery. So me and Run go in there, and that's what you'll hear today. When Steven heard that, because Steven comes on the last verse, he was like, yo, I love that energy. When I do my verse at the end, because Steven was doing all the choruses, but he took the last, the fourth verse. He said, when I do my verse at the end, can you do that hip-hop rap thing that y'all do on my verse too? That's fun. Steven's verse is to see. So swinging, we come over with Steve like that. And then on top of that, while we was in the studio, Steve wanted to rap. He had Jay teach him how to DJ. He was like, what are you doing? Jay taught Steven Tyler how to DJ. And the funny thing is, when Jay was mixing um, the, their, their original version of Walk This Way, Steve kept saying to Jay, when do you hear me sing? And Jay said, ah, wise one, you've noticed that never happens when we do your record. Steve was like, what, up? what, what? Because if you were singing, Steve, we can't rap over you singing. And if we're rapping over you singing, you don't hear us rapping. And if we're rapping over you singing, you, they don't hear you singing. And then Steve was like, okay, I get it. So that day, Steve and Tyler learned how to MC and DJ. And then that day, me and Run learned something valuable. Remember, we didn't want to do the record. Now, when I go to high schools and middle schools and I speak to the kids, I always tell the kids this. Always be open to try something new because it might not just only change your life, it could change the world. People tell me when Steven Tyler took that mic stand and knocked down that wall in the Walk This Way video, D, that didn't just happen in the video, that happened in real life. That's Daryl McDaniels of Run DMC with the story and more of how Walk This Way came to be. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Behind the Vinyl podcast. Thanks for listening. Still have lots to bring you. Make sure you check out all of our episodes if you love music and crave just a little more. See you soon. This has been Behind the Vinyl, the podcast, hosted by Stu Jeffries. Audio production courtesy of Doug Morehouse, Derek Walsman, and Troy McCallum. Thanks for listening.